This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. We're talking to an Australian clinical psychologist about how online observations of families dealing with challenging behaviour can help defuse situations. Families in regional and rural New South Wales have given virtual parenting support, have been given virtual parenting support through a live Zoom trial led by researchers at the University of New South Wales, Sydney. During the trial, the parents were guided on how to respond to their children's behavioural problems observed in real time in their own home. Such therapy is normally done in a clinical situation. To tell us about the findings that have just been published in the journal Behaviour Therapy, we welcome clinical psychologist Dr Georgie Fleming. Georgie, thanks very much for making time for us. Thank you so much for having me. This is really, really interesting stuff. Just give us a little bit of uh, background to the trial. Was it born out of the year that was 2020? It actually wasn't, but it became wildly and unexpectedly relevant to 2020. So um, we started doing the study um, in about sort of 2019 because we were really interested in trying to improve how accessible the treatments that we know work are. Um, and so it was sort of born out of, uh, out of that motivation of wanting to improve accessibility as opposed to, you know, a COVID-19 response specifically. So uh, who are the families and their situations, age ranges involved? Mm-mm-mm. So we had, so this was um, a study of particularly young kids. So the, the treatment that we use, um, we can do with kids up to about seven. But this, this, this program, uh, sorry, this trial was focused on kids up to four. So one and a half to four year olds. Um, and we treated them uh, sort of as the family. So we got in mom and the child in some situations, mom, dad and the child um, and, and treated them with an intervention called Internet Delivered Parent-Child Interaction Therapy or IPCIT. And a little bit more detail on how it was shaped. So what we did, so these families were all located in regional and rural New South Wales here in Australia. Um, and the it was what we call a real-world trial because in a lot of situations, our research are really based in university settings, which can be really controlled and really artificial. So we wanted to know whether this program works when we do it in the real world. So um, we delivered it out of a um, local sort of early childhood community service called Karatani and we got community practitioners, so community um, clinical psychologists and psychologists to deliver the intervention to these families located in their homes for the vast majority of families um, out in rural New South Wales. Um, And so what it looked like was sort of uh, every week for about, on average, 13 weeks, the um, the therapists would work with the families while the families were at home using video teleconferencing. So something that we're all really familiar with now, um, but wasn't sort of as as uh, integrated into our real lives. Um, that was the platform that we used. And so, um, like you said, real-time sort of parent-child interactions were, uh, were broadcast to the therapist. Um, and it's a pretty cool treatment because in sort of your standard parenting programs, um, it doesn't usually involve the child. So the child doesn't usually come to the sessions. Um, and so the parents come and they get advice. But in this one, we sort of take out that, that middleman approach. Um, and as the parents are, are playing with their child, interacting with their child, um, they're actually receiving real-time 
coaching from the therapist um, via sort of a Bluetooth earpiece in this situation. I was going to say, the, the kid can't hear it. You've got you've got like a little earpiece on. Yep. It's, look, it's brilliant because it's real. As you say, the, there's one thing to model uh, behaviour or model what you're going to do in a setting. It's quite another when the old red rag of the moment is descending <laughs> on everyone involved. What are the kinds of um, behaviours and level of behaviour that we're talking about at that age? We're going to be having some tantrums yeah. and uh, some meltdowns. Yep. And, and are we talking moderate and normal levels thereof or is this aimed where a child is probably a little bit up the off the scale in, in some of the um, behavior yeah so um this program definitely focused on those kids at the higher end of the scale of uh, behavior problems so you're right you know um with our one to four year olds we do typically see in, in typical kids um tantrums and meltdowns and that's really normal but um the kids that we specifically treated um in this trial were those kids where those sorts of behaviors were happening more than we would expect for for their age and so we see a lot of non-compliance and defiance you know your classic nose to everything everything's a battle um, some physical aggression as well, um, as well as those sort of those big emotional meltdowns that are sort of disproportionate to the to the trigger, um, you know, in in a lot of situations. So they're the types of kids that we see, and and parent-child interaction therapy as a program, those types of kids are our, our bread and butter. They're the kids that we see a lot of improvement with doing this program. This is a big commitment because I suppose you can have times of day or situations where this typically happens, but it requires both the therapist mm. and the parent to be able to connect, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, I, you know, what we do in, in PCIT is we gradually increase sort of the expectations and demands placed on the child in terms of um, expectations about their compliance. So in some ways we do create situations where parents, you know, where it gets a bit hairy, where parents do get to practice um, how to do these often really tough parenting strategies um, in, yeah, in the, in the, when the child behaviour is sort of in that, that. Just losing you a little bit, Georgie. Um, just so we're going to reconnect. We might, I think we might just need to dial up Georgie again. Can you hear me, Georgie? Having a bit of a day with the Gremlins today. It is 27 minutes to 12 on 9 to noon. Georgie Fleming is a clinical uh, psycho, sorry, uh, she is a clinical psychologist. We're talking about the findings of the study just published in the journal Behaviour Therapy, where real time. Uh, parental advice has been given straight into the home through Zoom, a Zoom trial led by researchers at the University of New South Wales, Sydney. Rather than a parent coming into a setting, coming into a clinic, uh, they are able to put on a headpiece and to get real-time advice uh, when they are dealing with a situation with mainly young children, mainly between the ages of one and a half and four years old. We just try and make reconnection with Georgie there and we will be able to learn some more of the specific examples perhaps of situations that they have been dealing with. Are you back now with us, Georgie? Thank you. Oh, sorry, I'm not sure what uh, what happened there. We've got uh, some trans-Tasman relation it's, problems. No, it's not you, it's me. It's been it's been going on all day. We just sometimes I think um sometimes I think there's just something in the machine. Um but anyway, oh. lovely to have you back. Could you give us some real <laughs> some some examples then, obviously without sort of, mm-hmm. you know, breaching privacy, but could you give us some examples mm-hmm. of how you would coach in this situation? Mm-hmm. 
coach a parent through a situation? Pick two or three. <laughs> All right. So I think the first thing that we do in the program, the first phase of the program really focuses on strengthening the parent-child relationship. Because um, obviously when you have a kid whose every second word is no, that relationship can be strained. You know, you love your kid, but they're often really hard to like. Um, and that can really be an important part of the story for why these behaviours sort of first emerge and then keep going. So um, a lot of what I do from a coaching point of view is getting parents to be very purposeful about what they give their attention to. Because parent attention to a child is more precious than the iPad, more precious than the lolly. Um, and so what I might do if, if a child is sort of getting a bit fussy, showing a bit of frustration, using toilet talk, those sort of whiny behaviours, I might coach a parent to just withdraw their attention. Don't respond in a way that's going to let that child know that that's a really good way to get a reaction from mom or dad or whoever it is. And on the other hand, when a child uses manners, when they're playing really gently with the toys, when they sort of look up at the parent and use kind words, I'm going to get parents to make a big deal of that. I'm going to give, get them to say something like, well, I love how gently you're playing with the toys today. Because the idea is we give positive attention through praise and affection to the behaviours that we like, they're going to happen more. So that would be sort of, that's my first go-to in coaching um, some of these families in, uh, in sort of starting to shift some of those more mild sort of disruptive behaviours. Is that sort of what you're, is that what yeah, sort of you're, sure. you're interested in? But, but also in? Yeah. Um, another situation, say, where a parent is dealing with verbal aggression, which you alluded to, or even mm. physical aggression, how mm. might you approach that? And again, in real time, when a parent's, you know, hooked up on the, uh, hooked up on yeah. the um, headpiece. Definitely. So I think, um, you know, we do, we do this program in a really gradual way. And so, like I said, the first part of the program is really focused on building up that, um, that parent-child relationship. And for me, from the therapist's point of view, is building up um, rapport and trust with the parent. So they sort of trust that I essentially know what we're doing and together we collaborate to work together with this kid. So when we're dealing with the big behaviours like verbal aggression or physical aggression, we're already halfway through the program. And so I'm now at the point where I'm talking with parents about using consequences. Um, so I think what we know from the science is that uh, the ideal parenting style, the parenting style that we know leads to the best outcomes for the most number of kids is something called an authoritative parenting style. And that's when you have an equal emphasis on being warm and nurturing and loving on the one hand and being consistent with setting limits and having boundaries and following through with those on the other. So we know that an equal emphasis on both of those things is really important. So for me, consequences are a really important thing for, for parents to learn how to do effectively, particularly for the type of kid we're seeing. For your typical kid, maybe you, you can be a bit looser on sort of your follow through with consequences. But for our kids who have these clinically significant disruptive behaviour problems, consequences are really important for their learning. So in response to verbal or physical aggression, for me, that gets into the territory of being a house rule. There aren't any circumstances under which it's appropriate to, you know, hit someone or bite someone. Um, and so they need a really sort of consistently implemented consequence. So in our program, we use something called timeout from positive reinforcement. And so this really involves a short 
uh, a short amount of time with the child sitting in a in a timeout chair, um, removed from what they find enjoyable. So they don't get sort of access to their favourite toys or screens or TV um, or, you know, in general, their parents' attention. Um, and we find that by doing that really consistently, really safely, really calmly, that's the key, that parents are really calm when they deliver their consequences, which we obviously help the parent to do. Um, we, we, we see a really, really rapid rate of learning um, for the kids and, and those behaviours come down really rapidly. So when we're doing the treatment, I'm there in the parent's ear helping them implement these um, sort of effective calm discipline strategies step by step. And when parents are learning these, they're really hard because it's sometimes really hard to use consequences. If your kid gets upset or if they start using mean words and telling you that they hate you, that's really hard for parents to sort of sit with and, and regulate their own emotions. So when I'm there with them in the moment, that's a lot of my job is to sort of be their cheerleader in their ear. Um, I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I've seen this work hundreds and hundreds of times. So I know it's going to work. And sometimes that's what they need is someone sort of stick to it. You got this. You got this um and and we see really rapid change so yeah they then they can become their own cheerleader because they know that it works i will come back i promise to the results of this trial and what's happening but mm. the, the one of mm. the characteristics of that age one and a half through four is mm. that red rag that almost loss of control in the moment mm. and is there a sort of an order of responses that you recommend? Because you just won't get through for the first minute or two or three necessarily when there's a tantrum in full flight. For sure. And I think the caveat to my, my last sort of comment is that think about the age uh, of your kid, your, their developmental level more so than anything. Um, so, so like for an 18-month-old or one-and-a-half-year-old, you're probably not going to use consequences in that way because the extent to which they're able to regulate their own emotions and to understand contingencies, basically, of if you do this, then this will happen, or if you don't do this, this will happen. They may they, they might be too young to understand that, but certainly for your two-and-a-half, three-, four-year-olds, um, you'll certainly be wanting to sort of implement those consequences consistently. But there is, I think you've got to, you've got to think about what the, the, the situation is. You know, if a child falls over and, you know, they've had a big, they've had a big fall or they've had a big scare and they sort of get a bit emotionally dysregulated and go into that tantrum mode, you're obviously not going to use a consequence in that situation. You're going to use something that we call emotion coaching, where you help them identify what those feelings are that they're feeling by putting a label on them. And you're going to, you're going to help them regulate those emotions, um, sort of build up their ability to know how to manage big emotions. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, we a trap we can get stuck in as parents is that we want to protect our kids from feeling feelings that aren't so nice when they're sad or scared or upset. Um, but I think what's more important is that we not necessarily protect them from feeling those, but we actually help them develop skills and um, the ability to effectively regulate those emotions, manage their emotions and, and manage their behaviour when they're feeling those emotions. It's fine to feel angry but it's not okay to go and bite your friend because you're feeling angry. So um, certainly based on the situation, whether you take an emotion coaching perspective, um, we sit with them in that feeling and then sort of help them regulate enough to, to move on um, and sort of distract uh, and move away. Um, or whether you take a consequence approach is really going to depend on what 
purpose that that big behavior, that big meltdown is serving. So if I take, you know, my, the iPad, it's the end of screen time, I take the iPad off, off my kid and they're a four-year-old and they go into big meltdown, I'm going to use a consequence. I'm going to follow through on, on the removal of that, of that privilege because the worst thing I can do in that moment is see this big meltdown and give the iPad back that will stop the behavior. But what the kid learns in that moment is I just need to get to this really big emotionally meltdowny space next time and I'll be able to sort of get the thing that I'm needing in that moment, um, which you can see how then you get stuck in those cycles, right? Just to clarify, this was this therapy, this Zoom therapy was 10 parent-child play sessions and you were observing things and you were advising in real time. What feedback did you get from the parents who participated? The feedback was really good. So um, we had a um, what we call a dropout rate. So the number of families who started treatment and then didn't and then finished before sort of they graduated from the treatment. So that was about um, you know sixty about sixty five percent of families finished the program, which for a, a trial that happens out in the real world is is pretty typical, pretty good. So um, of the families who finished it, they were really happy with the program. So they gave us some um, sort of treatment satisfaction scores, and these scores really high. So it showed that they sort of were very happy with both um, the outcome of the therapy, so the, the the results that they got as a family, but also the process of doing the therapy as well. So both things they were sort of really happy with for those families who finished up. It was really promising. And in terms of behavioural change, are you able to measure that? Yeah, we are. Really cool, actually. So this was, um, because this was a community trial, um, we didn't collect that much data compared to other trials. But the data that we did collect were really promising. So we got parents to give us a before and after of um, sort of how intense they perceived the child's behaviour problems to be. And there were really large improvements in that. So parents were seeing big changes in their their child's behaviour. But we also did um, some more objective, I guess, data collection where we got the parent and the child in the room um, and we measured the, the, the types of skills or parenting behaviours that the parents were using. And we also measured the how compliant the, the kids were to when their parents gave them an instruction. So told them something to do, like clean up the toys or something like that. Um, and what we saw was even using those more objective measures from pre treatment to after treatment, we saw really lovely improvements. So parenting skills went up. So those positive parenting skills, so the praise and sort of using effective instructions, they went up. Um, but also child compliance went up as well. So we were actually, not only were parents reporting improvements in behaviour problems, we were objectively seeing those improvements um, in those behaviour problems as well. And this was actually the first study to show that treatment delivered online can actually improve those more objective behavioural measures um, of, of parenting and child, uh, child behaviours. So where to from here do you see a role for this more widely in, in uh, practice? 
Well, definitely. And I think if 2020 taught us anything, it's that there is 100% a role for this. Because when we all transitioned to, um, you know, working from home, you couldn't go into the clinic to get psychological treatment anymore, including parenting treatment. Um, so we all moved to, to telehealth here in Australia. In the, in the US, they're still doing telehealth. I don't know what it's like over there in New Zealand. You you all did really well with your uh, with your lockdown. So I imagine you're probably back to, to normal face-to-face. But I don't think we're actually going anywhere. I think telehealth is is here to stay because we all learned that it it, it can work and it can actually have some benefits. So I think where to from here is we've got to get it out there. Um, So we've got to get it out into communities because who cares if we know that it works if people out in the community can't access it, basically. Um, And so a a big where to from me is to actually train the workforce. Um, so here in Australia, we don't have that many therapists who can do this this intervention, and it's one of the best we have. It's gold standard. Um, so it's a real com- a disservice to the community that there aren't more practitioners who can offer it um, and, and do it and do the treatment well. So that's my big where to from here is to to train up um, a workforce who can actually deliver this intervention um, to, to to families out in community. Thanks so much. It's an angel in your ear, really, isn't it? Thank you. Clinical psychologist Dr Georgie Fleming and the results of this uh, work have just been published in the journal Behaviour Therapy.